재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 There's a big risk, but at the same time, it's one of those things where if you don't do it, you're going to spend the rest of your life wondering what would have happened. So, of course, I had to do it. The expression, home is where the heart is, came to mind. I'm already set it down here because, you know, my family's here. Why here is the question we ask in the second half of the show on Tuesday. We ask it to an increasing number of interesting and prominent expats out there in the community, people who have decided to make Korea their home and to have really interesting lives. Actually, the guy who goes out and asks that question is our guest host and team member, GP. He goes out, gets their voices and their stories, and brings them back to the studio. He's here with us now. Hey, GP. Hey there, Kurt. So, yeah. We have had people from all around the globe, all different career fields, all different passions in life. Who we got this week? Today we are uh, going to be hearing from Dean Legomina, a Ukrainian expat teacher, former university student here in Korea. But before we get to that, as I often do, my mind is constantly wandering. And the question of why here, you know, I was thinking about this location in Myeongdong that we've been in for some uh, nearly two decades, mm-hmm. we as in TBS, um, and... I was thinking, Myeongdong is known for tourism and things like that. How is it that our particular station got here? I'm curious about why here in that sense and why Myeongdong became what it is, known for shopping, known for um, being so international, right? I know that uh, Tehan Cinema, like this was considered kind of the Hollywood of Korea way back in the day. I did not realize that. Yeah, it's changed a lot. So if you happen to know, I'd love to hear. Uh, tweet at us, at Koreascape. Let us know why here. What's up with that, right? But we're moving to Sangamdong, so greatly looking forward to the new facilities. Everything's going to be shiny. A little bit longer of a trip to work, but it is going to be shinier, and we're going to be in a bigger community of other media organizations, and hopefully they're going to upgrade some of the gear. We'll have some new toys to play with, and uh, it'll be fun. I love toys. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, back to today's featured expat, Dean Legumina. He's quite spiritual, optimistic, and it's my brand of optimism. Some people, you know, you meet them, and you're like, wow, this person's like just a shining beacon of light. But I, I kind of feel like I have a hard time trusting this person because um, they seem to never be down on themselves or they don't have any doubt. It makes them superhuman. You know, it makes that hard to connect with. Unflappable. Yes. Uh, but Dean's kind of comes from this place where um, his optimism comes from, like, having discovered it within himself after some tough times. We'll hear about that in just a moment. Hi, everyone. It's a real pleasure to be here. I'm 26 years old. My name is Dean. I came to Korea seven years ago from Ukraine. I really like my job, which is teaching, teaching younger kids. And I love it because it gives me an opportunity to influence them in a good way. I just love this reaction you get from kids when you do something stupid in the class and they're like laughing and the way they meet you when you enter in, they're running towards you and then like, Dean teacher, Dean teacher, hey, so good to see you. They start hugging you and everything. And you're like, oh my God, guys, I'm so blessed by you. And the chance to just put a little seed of something good in them, you know, when you see this real shy kid and you ask them something like, what did we learn yesterday? And he doesn't know. And you're like, all right, everyone quiet. Let's try this again. And you give him a chance again and again. 
and next week you're coming and he has more confidence. And then eventually, a few weeks later, the kid stands up and he speaks loud, clear, he's confident, and he has more of a self-esteem. And I'm like, yes, I changed something. Maybe it's something little, but I give him more confidence. And, you know, kids just feel appreciated. I don't know what's going on in their families, in their life, but I want to give this little seed of something good for them that can eventually grow. And maybe later, one day, they were like, oh, I had this teacher, and, you know, he just kept encouraging me. And that's a great opportunity. I'm really, really glad I get to do this. You come into contact with many, uh, many teachers over here, Kurt? I sure have over the years, yeah. Uh, when I first got here, I used to hang out with a bunch of uh, teachers. We used to do team trivia and things like that. Um, Just social stuff? Social stuff mainly. Okay. So, of course, so work always comes up in these conversations. How did they generally strike you? The teachers? Yes. Hmm. I don't know. I, it, teach, teaching's not an easy job. Uh, they, are, they always seem like they wanted to blow off steam when I would see them, like, at the end of the day. Um, some would complain. Some were, you know, really in love with the, uh, the job of teaching. Um, I don't know. It's hard to paint them all with one brush. Yeah, that's, uh, that's fair, right? But I would uh, say that when I was a teacher... You know, those moments that Dean spoke of, those uh, almost like cathartic moments where mm. you really connect with a student, you walk away with a true sense of a purpose and fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Those were far and few in between for me, maybe once a week, maybe even just once a month. Yep. Depending on um, the year in which we were talking about for my particular career, uh, Dean teaches Russian and English. Wow. And conversely, though, when I was growing up, I can recall various teachers who've given me the confidence and support that Dean says he instills in his own students. And so thus, I am no longer a teacher. Those kind of questions, though, you need to ask yourself these questions. If you are a teacher, you know, um, if you're not inspiring your students, you need to ask yourself, how can you become a teacher that does that? Sure. Or you can ask yourself, is this the right occupation for me if someone else can be providing for these children in a of a superior fashion shouldn't mm-hmm. they be shouldn't i be finding something that i'm more suited to yeah so uh that's something i have asked myself and i got out of it yeah. um what's but, the opportunity cost for this kid of having a less than fully uh engaged teacher exactly yeah. exactly and that was actually advice that i gave to uh someone i used to be very close with who was doing things like skipping out on work mm. because of uh, their own mental frame of mind and i you know that's something that you have to deal with too but if that's becoming repetitive you need to find something else because these children they depend on you sure you need to think beyond yourself so let's get to the decisions that led dean to uh come to korea and the backdrop for all that so it happened really funny i would say my whole seven years here including my coming to korea was you could describe it by one word i think it's grace something undeserved favor I just graduated from college in 2009, and it was summer vacation when it's time to apply to a university, decide where you're going to go and what you're going to do next, you know, choose your major and just just make a next step. So what I started doing is I was just waking up every morning and I would just walk around the city, praying, maybe imagining my future life, and I would be like, Lord, I'd really like to travel. I'd like to go somewhere. I'd like to see new things, maybe some other country I've never seen before. You know, it would be so awesome. I've never seen a skyscraper in my life. I love Ukraine, but I'd like to see more. So it's perfect timing. I didn't apply anywhere yet, but I already graduated. And I get a call. Hey, would you like to go and study in Korea? There is an opportunity. And I'm like, yeah, sure, sure, why not? Like, can you tell me more about it? Yeah, there is this university and they're inviting foreigners and we have three spots 
would you like to go? And I'm like, yeah. And then, then I'm later talking to my mom, and she said, I got that call first, and I said, you can ask him, but he'll say no. <gasps> and I'm like, yes, this is perfect timing. I'm going. So we started preparation period. And you see, why I call it a grace? Because I didn't do anything. I didn't send my resumes. I didn't research, like, what is it like in Korea. Just got a call. I said yes, and here I came. <laughs> Kurt, what was um, the most serendipitous uh, yet significant occurrence, something that had the largest impact on your life? Serendipitous and significant. Well, I used to live in Atlanta, Georgia, on Peachtree Street, and there was this restaurant that served fried green tomatoes. I loved fried green tomatoes. Never had that. It's really good. Uh, I would go in there occasionally, have fried green tomatoes and a glass of wine. And one day I go in there, there's this, this guy having pretty much the same thing at the bar. And we started talking, and he ended up being a uh, copy editor at uh, CNN in town, the headquarters. And uh, I became friends with him, and he gave him, let me into the newsroom, and he ended up being a mentor, teaching me news writing and helping me to break in at the entry level over at uh, CNN. So that, that played a fried green tomatoes that day. Wow. Wow. was a pretty serendipitous and were you a journalist at the time when you I was not it? I was yeah. in Atlanta just to um, I just just graduated and I was there to go to a school for advertising I was uh, taking a classes. totally different career path totally di- well in this in a sense but you're you're still doing verbal economy and typewriting and I was studying copywriting for to, to go work for an ad agency and then I made the pivot to uh, news writing oh. after I met that guy fried green tomatoes and they're delicious, man. I don't know if that <laughs> restaurant is still there, but it comes with like a red pepper sauce. Really nice. So for me, actually, mine kind of revolves around food as well. It was interesting. Um, uh, I was going to meet my friend uh, Rico. He's getting married pretty soon. So congratulations, Rico. He's over there in uh, the Bay Area still. And this guy was not punctual by any means. And I knew that, but I was. And we were supposed to go meet at this um, really terrible Hong Kong restaurant. Like... Um, and he was he was 45 minutes late and i went to school in davis california where you could get across town in 15 minutes mm. so i was pretty irritated um but i didn't have anywhere to be because my class wasn't for the next like two hours or something and so next door was the study abroad center okay and it had air conditioning <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to get out of the yes. humidity yes so i walked over there and i found out that um studying abroad was they said roughly equivalent to the price of staying in california mm-hmm. it actually ended up not being because what they don't tell you is that you want to have a lot more fun when you're studying abroad and your budget for fun explodes exponentially hello so actually him being extremely late um when he finally got there i was like hey i've decided to go study abroad and he said, see, aren't you grateful I'm late? And I just thought, man, you're so full of it. But um, actually, that kind of set me on this path where I studied abroad. And then after I came Japan, back. right? Yes, initially Japan. Uh, first semester, I came back to California, graduated, and decided I wanted to do something else. And then I went here to Korea. And I've been here for the last uh, six and a half. Oh, wow, it's going to be seven years pretty soon. Um, I still actually hate the lack of punctuality. I'm understanding of it, but uh, mm-hmm. that's <laughs> my story. I've been guilty of that. Uh, now I understand the dirty looks when I sneak in <laughs> a little bit late sometimes. Um, so that phone call that Dean mentioned, he's like, oh, yeah, the phone just rang. That was actually from his youth pastor who had come to Korea on a mission. Um, and he kind of talks a little bit about college and university. There's a point of clarification there. In Ukraine, you have 12 years of primary school, which is pretty common. Mm-hmm. But if you go to college, it kind of like replaces your high school. And then you go to university after that. I see. And he's like, oh, this is grace. It's serendipity. 
uh, what he didn't mention there or what I had to cut out was that he almost failed out of university here in Korea. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, he explained that the harder book style learning wasn't for him, and he actually had to appeal a dismissal from uh, the university president or um, the head of his department or whatever and pleaded for another chance. He got that chance, and he made good on it. Let's move forward to what he's been up to lately and the reason why Korea is home for Dean now. I'm still teaching, and I was teaching this whole time. I had these jobs which are just miracles by itself because I never looked for a job. I'm just getting phone calls. Hey, we have this job. Do you want to do it? Yes. And three times I think I was invited to Korean um, TV programs. All of a sudden, just like that, hey, we're having this program. We're going to different places, you know, and we experience things with foreigners and we're recording that. Would you like to do that? I'm like, are you kidding me? Yes, yes, but my Korean is not well. They're like, that's okay, we'll send you a script. And I get to travel around Korea to different places. You know, I've met amazing people. I saw many things. I met one pastor in Guro, actually, who opened orphanage for foreigners. He opened a free hospital. So those who are, like, in labor, they just go there. And, you know, like, accidents happen. When you're sick, you don't have insurance. You don't have money in here. Just go there, and they take care of you for free. I met those people. I met a foreigner who donated his kidney to Korean. Have you ever heard of a guy like that? And I'm like, wow, so all these amazing people. So I graduated. I'm still teaching now. I'm in the process of thinking, what am I going to do next? And I think from August, I'll start applying for jobs. I am still here because I feel like there's a purpose for me being here. I'm not quite sure why. Why am I exactly? What am I going to do next? What is going to be? But I think whatever it's going to be, it's going to be amazing because everything that happened so far was just awesome and it was a lot of fun. What a mix of things there. Yes, yes. I'm not quite sure why I'm here, <laughs> right? But that's what he says, right? And that optimism just comes out. I absolutely love it. Uh, there's a purpose, he believes, that the universe and spirituality is guiding him. You believe that if you project something out into the universe, it'll manifest, Kurt? I had a conversation about this with a friend yesterday. It's very trendy to frame it that way, you know, because of the secret and all of that stuff. But I think um, it's just where you direct your attention, you tend to get results. Um, I don't ascribe to it like a universal boomerang effect of energy, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's where you – there's a saying, where attention goes, um, results show or something like that. Actions flow and results like show that. or something like I that. I resonate with you that. Know, anything that you focus on is going to manifest uh, in one way or another. And I don't think the universe has a whole lot to do with it. But Fingers uh, crossed it does, especially in our case. Mm. Um, little point I wanted to make here. Actually, uh, if you get approached for an opportunity to do a show, um, always take that into consideration who's running the show and uh, all those good things, what you've heard from your friends about that program or whatever. But media is heavily scripted. Mm. And I want people to know that. So even if you're Korean, Korean media, yes, yeah. Well, I, I've never actually um, worked on everything on anything firsthand, but everyone who's worked on it has told me that. Uh, actually, even in English, it's he heavily scripted generally. Okay. And uh, so take that into consideration. If your English isn't that good, or if your Korean isn't that good, you'll be helped out. So don't be afraid to try. Fair enough. Uh, let's move forward. Usually, people, you know, content to be here, have a much stronger idea of what'll keep them here. But uh, Dean, he's super happy. He had this feeling. Um, that I asked him to describe for us. Simply, it's peace. You know, when I just came, I had all these worries about what if they not extend my visa? What if I don't get a job? What if I don't pass this test? What if this doesn't happen? This doesn't happen. And then when you see all these things are happening well, it's all working out for you, then you start seeing, like, 
wow, so there looks like there's a provision, looks like there's a bigger plan for me to be here. Everything is working out good, and I could just relax and enjoy the movie, enjoy this journey, and see what's going to happen next. So basically, with one word, it's just peace. I'm not worried about what's going to happen next. I'm not worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. Am I going to do everything right? I'm just at peace. That's why I'm sure I'm supposed to be here. Are you at peace, Kurt? Would you say that you're at peace? Ish, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Eloquent, man. Yeah, I mean, Ish. I, I think so. Uh, things are on a pretty even keel. We've got uh, tumultuous times in our lives, um, and I've had my share. But I think uh, right now, um, I'm, I'm more or less at peace. How about yourself? I would say that um, I'm more or less at peace with who I am. Uh-huh. But what's going on around me and stuff is um, that's much harder to reconcile at times. And I'm not sure if I want to be at peace with all those things. Okay. And we're actually going to talk about that a little more. Um, as I mentioned earlier, Dean's outlook, his optimism was forged through certain trials. I had a point in my life maybe a year ago when I came to church for this time for real. And my life changed radically since then. But before that, as I said, I was experiencing fear, constant fear of the future. I don't have a right to stay here as long as I want to. I have to extend my visa every time. So this was one of my biggest challenges, you know, to overcome that fear of what's going to happen tomorrow. Am I going to get a job? What if I'm going to end up on the street? I don't know anyone and stuff like that. The second biggest challenge was the language. This is what I would recommend to every foreigner. Please invest your time in language. And the third one was cultural difference. I thought this is not a real thing. When I came, I'm like, what are they talking about? Everyone talking about cultural difference. I'm like, you know, we're all people. We want the same stuff. We want to be happy. We want to be loved. It's all the same. That's what I thought. But the mindset is really, really different. And it was a huge challenge for me to start learning to see things how Koreans see them, to see the values that they have. You know, for them, is status is very important. Uh, your future job is very important. And all those things... For me, it was like, I don't care about that. Why do you people care about that? The students I studied with, they were like, great, this is important, this is important. They stress out, they spend time in the library. And so just for me to be able to grasp that or to understand it with them, to make real friends among Koreans, that was a real challenge because it was totally different from my mindset and from my culture that I had in Ukraine. Those were like the biggest challenges for me. Let's rewind a, a bit to uh, what he said about peace earlier and what I said that I wasn't particularly at peace with uh, absolutely everything going around, on around me. And I kind of flash back to when I was uh, 21. I came to Korea when I was 21. And uh, talking to my nunas, they were in a different stage in life in which they were looking to get married and I asked them, well, what's important to them? And there was this laundry list of items that like, oh, um, this much income, this height, um, this kind of family background, this education. And I, I asked hey, where's love on that list? Yeah. And that is by no means the current state of everybody, you know, every couple in Korea at all, or else, you know, I would have never been dating at all during this time. But at first, I found that extremely uh, disheartening, and that was a huge challenge for me to wrap my head around. I have come to kind of accept, or not accept, but understand what that's all about. Uh, but you have to ask yourself, you know, um, you understand, but do you embrace? Is it important for you to embrace? And that kind of leads me to Dean's advice. The way I did it before was just, as you said, rejection. You know, this is stupid. Why do you guys do that? It doesn't make sense. So from that point, I said to, now I will move to the point when I will be like, all right, I'll give it a chance. I'll try to do it your way, and I'll try to see a logic behind it. 
just to see the background. Why do you guys thinking like that? Why do you doing stuff that you do? So just giving it a chance, you know. There is not a total rejection right now. I'll give it a time and I'll try to understand it and adapt it and try to see things as you see them. And if I see a point in it, then I will take it. But even if I don't, I will respect it. I don't have to understand what you're doing to respect it. I don't have to understand culture completely and agree with everything that happens to respect it. And this is very important. One of the points, again, for all the foreigners, respect the culture. You don't have to understand it, but don't be rebellious against it. Don't expect to change everyone around you. Why don't you just try to understand them instead? It's good advice. You know, there's a lot of um, uh, tongue-in-cheek comments made by all expats here. You know, a lot of them are in jest and good, plain fun because we are relatively well-adapted, I would say. Um, if you have trouble understanding, I would stress that you ask yourself that question. Does it matter if you understand? Right? Like, does it matter in, the, in terms of, uh, does it, is that what it takes for you to respect it? Can you respect something, Kurt, without fully grasping it? I guess so. It's a very abstract question. I would be inclined to say, let me answer that in a case-by-case way with uh, concrete things. But uh, I think you can engage with uh, a culture and engage with facets of a culture, even if you don't fully understand it, uh, in a, in a non-critical way. Uh, you can say, okay, uh, that's different from what I would um, do in my own habitat, but, um, you know, you be you. You do you and I'll do me. Exactly. And I think the line there is when it begins to really affect your own life. Mm. So if it doesn't affect you, like, uh, what, you know, if someone else loves someone else, right, um, what does that have to do with me? So I can fully respect that. But when it comes into my life, like, a, um, I don't know, some some sort of work culture thing that I can't agree with, okay. then we have trouble and I need to fully understand and then reconcile. There you go. Or I need to move on, right? Right. And, you know, you as the expat have inserted yourself into this kind of milieu. So really the burden is on you to uh, exactly. do the, the lion's share of the adjusting, right? Uh, it's not the, the society's job to adjust around you. Really, it's more the expat's job to adjust. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, once again, I would just reiterate, ask yourself, is it important? Is it really necessary for you to um, kind of understand, for you to respect? And a great note to end on. Thank you very much for another Why Here, GP. Thank you, Dean Legomina. And the show is now wrapped. Our show is produced by Christina Saul with associate production from Jamie Lee, writing by GP Wynn right here. I'm Kurt Asian. We'll see you again tomorrow at 9 a.m.